It was a cold winter night in East Berlin. Candles lined the moody bar. The patron's body heat steamed up the windows. He took a sip from his wine glass. Tell me a fantasy of yours, he smiled. Mm. I want to visit a swinger club. I felt my cheeks blush. I could have stopped right there, but I had never told anybody about my fantasy before. So why not tell a stranger then? I want to go with someone I trust, and I expect some awesome, rough sex. He looked at me intently, took another sip of his wine. But then they blindfold me. And I feel more than those two hands that I expected. Several bodies surround me. They start touching me. Licking me. Fucking me. And I don't know who's who anymore. It's all different bodies, different lips, different hands coming together to pleasure me. They pleasure every bit of my body until I finally erupt in their grasp. Happy Sunday, and welcome back to Pussy Church. This is Lara, an erotica writer and the creator of Tales of Lara, which you can find at talesoflara.com and at Tales of Lara on Instagram. And today we are back with the sex trends of 2022. What's hot when it comes to sex this year? In the beginning of this episode, I read a fantasy that was submitted to me anonymously to illuminate one of the greatest trends of 2022 ethical non-monogamy. Sex trends are similar to fashion trends or food trends. They show us in which direction our society's views are developing. And they change continuously. I also talk to a lot of people about their sexual fantasies, and I too have seen trends. At least trends regarding you, the listener of this podcast. Many of you seem to be curious about practices like pegging, cuckolding, and especially forms of E&M, ethical non-monogamy, where threesomes and the hot fantasy from the beginning fall into. So let's check out the sex trends that are expected to elevate your orgasm this year. Amen. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Pussy Church. Pussy Church. Pussy Church. Oh, my God. Who am I here with today? Aquaman. You are back. Yes. Hello, New Year. It's so exciting to be back at Pussy Church. We haven't held church or mass together for a month or so. Has it been that long? Wow. Yeah. You know, with travels and holidays and I had some interview <laughs> shows going on. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I heard the last one, the last episode was really, really, really fun. Oh, you did? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's Definitely cool. in vacation kind of mode and just kind of like, oh yeah, let me check out the latest episode. Yeah. I love it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today we are back together, which is wonderful. As always. And um, 2022 is going to be an interesting year, that's for sure. <laughs> kind of started out like 2021. Start. Yeah, yeah. It's got to get a good that start already. Yeah, you're right. 2021 redux. 
before we get started, let's do our prayers. Yes. Blessed be the pussy. He has risen. May she open to your touch. Amen. Amen. Well, today we got a whole hour of goodies for you guys, yes. some sex trends for 2022, and then an extended confession segment, mm -hmm. um, because we love when you guys send us um, questions and stories. And so, All the naughties, yeah. So funny. I asked some people on Instagram about the show, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm making some changes and there's some projects in the works for 2022, actually, for Tales of Lara nice. and also for the podcast. And quite a lot of people said that Confessions is their favorite part. So It is mine, too. It is my favorite part. No, no, I love that. So I think yeah. it's a good because it's an intersection of like being connected to the listeners and feeling, I don't know, feeling like close as a community or something. 100%. I think it's a good bridge to talk about what a lot of people are thinking about or even entertain thinking about. I think it's, it, it, it's also we get some really funny stories too, which is great, you know. It also is really eye opening often to like have a different point of view and then our point of view, which is always the same. <laughs> but um, not really. I mean, we're also evolving. Actually, today, um, we always start the show with what's new. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about makeup sex. Makeup sex. Makeup sex, yay or nay. Oof. I've never understood why people like it. I'm Oof. not in the mood at all. When I fight with my partner, <laughs> I'm just like hating, you know? I'm like such a hater. I don't want anything. I don't want to be touched. I don't want to be kissed. I don't want to even be like forcefully like pushed against, I don't know, the wall. I want nothing of that. Like nothing. I mean yeah, but in the end of the climax of a fight, don't you like when you kind of like in the point of almost, you know, reconciling or kind of like, okay, I love you. Let's just like get it out there so we can let it go. Don't you want to like find like finally bow it with a nice like sex session or, you know, it's weird. Love? No, I need I literally need like a night to not be touched. And then mm. tomorrow we can have sex again. But yeah, the. <sighs> Yeah, I can't. I'm not, I'm not into it. I'm not it. down with that philosophy. I'm not down with that philosophy. I, I'm. I like the idea of sleeping on a high note. I think even if like a conversation or a fight doesn't resolve itself, I still think like there could be room still to be intimate or even touch each other. Or yeah, just, touch each other. Yeah. yeah, cuddle and stuff. Which could get naughty <laughs> after you cuddle. You know, I, mean, I don't know. Tends, I, yeah. I just don't feel naughty or like I, I don't. <laughs> I don't think this is like the time, but it's so strange. Obviously, I'm missing out. I mean, I've heard you so many people. It. Yeah, but then I would just have to have sex in a play in a time where I really don't want to, and I feel like I don't like to force myself that way. Sure, you know. But if you have a fight, don't you get to a point sometimes in an argument where it's like, okay, like I hear you, you hear me, and you feel better, right, about the mm -hmm. the outcome? And I think that could be a good segue to. Like if you touch the person's hand or you give them a kiss, maybe it could build that bridge or in incentivize you to explore that. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, maybe. it has a magic to it too. Like, Listen, you also probably need a specific dynamic with a specific partner, right? Yes, to have yes. that. Um, I mean, I've talked to people who've told me about their makeup sex or like having a specific partner or an ex-partner who they had great makeup sex with. Yeah. Um, so clearly it exists. It seems to be extremely exciting. There's also research, and I think this is interesting, 
it's because the emotions are so heightened. Yes. Um, a heightened negative emotion can quickly switch into a heightened positive somehow. Yes. It's just because the emotions are so high. So you, you're just switching gears, I guess, but you're already in fifth gear. <laughs> I mean, it is. It, it kind of like drains the negativity really quickly and brings up the positivity. But of course, it could be a thin line of where that could be practiced so often that it doesn't become healthy. Yes, where you, it's like, correct. let's skip the talking and just <laughs> jump into this. And I think, no, you got to play both and yeah. uh, talk about it first so you can get to a calmer place and both your nervous systems are at a better spot than it was like 10 minutes ago. And then, yeah, I think that bridge just helps you. Listen, it's never going to be um, as good as communication and figuring out how to communicate and like find um, common ground with your partner, right? So it sure. can't be an either or. No, it doesn't compensate it, no. Right, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work that way. Um, I think especially if you use sex as a problem solver, it'll – show itself in your relationship pretty quickly that that is not a healthy way to go no it. no it's a band-aid it becomes a band-aid yeah. but i think i think if yeah if, if a fight is really bitter and like and it's like it's not going anywhere then yeah i don't think makeup sex has room in that sort of dynamic i think yeah it's yeah. funny because i i can see you know i can see the excitement <laughs> i just never felt <laughs> it before <laughs> sure sure yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't imagine everybody's have. into it. Yeah, yeah, I have. Uh, but not with all my partners. I think it depended on the person and our dynamic. Mm. Best makeup sex. What oh, would wow. you say? Like story or, or fantasy? Oh, no, story. Like things, oh. something that happened. <laughs> fantasy? Do you have makeup sex fantasy? Sure, why not? Like, I don't Gee. have any, but I could, I could cook up one. That's true. I could cook up one too, I guess. But Right? I mean, how would you want it, a makeup fantasy to be if, if you're somebody who's not for the idea? How would you want it to be for you to be slightly into it? You know, I'm not like mm. sadistic or super dominant in bed most of the time. Um, yeah. Meaning as in like, you know, real kink. Sure. But I think it, it might, maybe it'd be the time to be a little dominant because, you know, if I use the energy from the fight. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. That sounds so unhealthy. I don't even know what to It could say be something that. interesting to explore. It's, I mean, it's, everything in moderation could be good, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's clearly, kind of way out. Yeah. clearly, I would think it's a little bit of a rougher sex. Um, oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's why right? it's awesome <laughs> okay we you can skip have rough the sex vanilla. with love you skip the vanilla yeah there's love it's passionate but you skip the vanilla and you go straight to the chocolate so, oh my god <laughs> so funny yeah i don't know i mean you know that fantasy i just feel like i'd be like indulging in some something a little unhealthy but then again you know who knows <laughs> It's healthy in its own way, too, because even after such a heightened moment, you're connecting with your partner on an intimate level. And I'm talking like somebody that you share a love connection with, not yeah. like a fling per se. I don't think that's the same thing. And I don't advocate makeup sex that way as much. I think uh, yeah. in an intimate relationship, it helps build security and safe space and also... Um, a deeper connection that bypasses the bitter moment or the argument that occurred, you know? Yeah, but should you reward your partner or yourself for having a conflict like that? 
if my partner acknowledges what they have done or apologizes for it, I believe that is more than fair because I think okay. that's part of being a grown up and uh, moving sure. past the problem and your ego. But if you're somebody who's kicking and screaming or going in circles, then like, fuck no, I don't want to like have sex. Yeah. So you're Why saying I? like, I mean, but you know, the typical image of this, and then we're going to move on you guys, because please send in your experiences. The typical image of makeup sex, I think it's like in the heat of the passion, like, or in the passion. <laughs> what do you say that? It's like the movies. Yeah. The idea of yeah. like they're having an argument and all of a sudden they just grab each other and kiss each other. Yeah, exactly. So it's like no. super steamy and they're like fighting. And the next thing is they're fucking, you know, like there's no, no, there's no like it, in between. That's not realistic. Right? That's not realistic. I don't know. It's the movies. So probably not. I mean, I don't know. Somebody's I mean, had to it. Me, to me, makeup sex is more like kind of after the big heated moment dies down a little bit and there's a sense of vulnerability that's there and you're like, you know what? Mm. Fuck it. Let's just like fuck each other and like get lost in each other because it sounds like that's what we need right now to kind of mm. connect on that level versus okay. I'm yelling and somebody's yelling and then all of a sudden we start fucking. I've never... I mean, that, I think that's the unhealthy side of it, but yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. Clearly, I don't think that that one is something um, sure. a sex therapist or a relationship <laughs> therapist would recommend, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, Making yeah. a wild guess here. <laughs> like Nicholas, like, uh, uh, what is it? The the movie with uh, Michael Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner, I think, uh, like oh, the, the War of the Roses, like they would fight all the time and they would have sex and... Yeah. Yeah. I think this is where Hollywood fucks us, you know? Yeah. And they kill each other in the end, I think. So. <laughs> also, you know, fitting. So don't go down that route. And now we're going to go to the gospel. Oh. Oh my God, I haven't done a gospel in so long. Yes. <laughs> my three yes. weeks, I'm like already, like I have withdrawals or something. Um, mm -hmm. Gospel is sex news at Pussy Church. Yes. Um, and we're going to do a couple things. We're going to do a lightning round of sex news from the beginning of this year, 2022. And then we're going to do sex trends of the year. Yep. It's already so, kicking in. It's already kicking in. The lightning round. I'm going to just read you a few headlines from the past two weeks of this year, basically. <laughs> so the first one that's been like a huge, huge news story in the realm of sex is mm. female dolphins have actually sex for pleasure. Good for the dolphins. Right. Um, according to a new study in Current Biology... Um, like humans, female bottlenose dolphins experience sexual pleasure through their clitoris. Hmm. And the clitoris, apparently, the dolphin clitoris, I've seen a picture. I mean, it's a little slightly disturbing. I don't know if you want to do that. But the dolphin clit is very similar to the human clitoris. And also, they found evidence that it matures with age, that wow. it swells with arousal, and wow. that it has a bundle of nerves connected um, to the clitoris which kind of suggests pleasure being perceived. Wow. Right? I mean, so that, that only applies to uh, female 
dolphins, essentially, not male dolphins. It's mainly about the female pleasure that I think hasn't been really explored much. I mean, listen, I don't think everyone's been so surprised in the news, right? And like, oh, my God, this great news. And I feel like it's not. I mean, if you look at a little bit of research um, (laughs) or just common sense, you know, of course, girls need an incentive to have sex. And then... (laughs) Goes for dolphins too. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, the more orgasms you have or like pleasure you perceive, the more you want to have sex and therefore you're going to procreate more. Yeah. You know, seems, seems, I mean, they're mammals like us. I mean, dolphins are mammals like us too. That's true. It makes sense that that's part of the motivation is pleasure as well. Yeah. I think it's just surprising that. It's surprising that female pleasure, even in animals, has been so little researched that we are so surprised about these things. But to be fair, the human clitoris wasn't fully discovered until the 90s. So, you know, yeah, yeah. they're making strides at least or they for are dolphins. trying for yes. dolphins. They're trying to figure this out. But, yeah, that's been a big thing. A female yeah. scientist, she she figured this out. You can see images online, you know, at your own um, risk. <laughs> Discretion. Not safe for work. But you know yeah. what's crazy to me? Like the craziest part to me is there is a scientist out there who studies a dolphin's clitoris. Yep. Like that's their that's their study. Like that's what they're learning <laughs> through an yeah. animal they cannot communicate with verbally at all. Like it's insane. Like it is really crazy. I mean, you know, there's really wild jobs out there. And then within yeah. sexuality, uh, sexuality, it's even funnier. It's quite a niche. I mean, I don't think she could do it elephants is. as well as she could do dolphins, you know. But it's like, it's quite a special Maybe she's thing. Maybe she's going to be just specialized on clits. Clits or <laughs> clits mammal only. clits or dolphin fish clits. Well, she needs to move on now. I think we have right? like... A- there's a lot of clits out there. All it's kinds. True. All right, next story. A gay sex scene was filmed at Greece's Acropolis. Wow. Yeah, and it um, sparked backlash. The 36-minute film entitled The Parthion (laughs) (laughs) Uh was released in December, but the authorities didn't really see the video online, I guess, until January or something. Holy shit. Um, okay. And it's funny. It shows like two guys having sex with like masks on. Nice. Um in and like tourists are around and stuff. Oh wow. Like around people. Interesting. Oh okay. yeah. And I thought apparent- it was an orgy. It sounded like an orgy to me. I mean, if you're gonna go to Parthenon, I might as well do an orgy. Oh uh, no, just at least like have a great full on like, Greek. Um Right? Yeah, a full Greek <laughs> show. You know, celebrate your ancestors <laughs> and stuff. I know. Keep true to the pride of the Hellenistic culture. Also the gay sex, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, so apparently the makers of the film um remained anonymous, clearly, because the face mask was the only thing they were wearing. Um, and they said they're LGBTQ activists. And they were COVID safe, so that's also nice. <laughs> I don't think they were wearing N95s. I think they just were no. full on. Full on. Um, I mean, it's still something. Shut. It's still something. It's still something. That's good. At least they're I safe. Know. They're trying, you know. I mean, I don't know if this is like a real statement politically. I mean, that's a great story. I mean, there, I remember there was a story years ago about a couple that had sex on top of the pyramids in Egypt, and that was a huge government like problem and scandal. And oh, they really? shot a video. Yeah, they shot a video with their GoPro. They went up at night when nobody was there and like shot a whole sex tape. 
That is yeah. so funny. I guess maybe that's a niche too, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like a holy site. It's like ancient civilization. Yeah. I mean, I would fuck on top of the pyramids if I could climb up. Or those people that fucking churches, you know? I've done that. No. You have yeah, had sex I in have. a church? I have had sex in a church, yeah. Jeez. And an old You're going to hell. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> if you want to believe uh, that that's a thing, sure. I'm just kidding. It's actually funny. I've um, done this done this poll several times on my account and um, about the wildest places people had sex. Yeah. And church comes up a lot with people. Church is fun. It's pretty. It's a nice setting. It's, uh, yeah, and the, I think and it's the sculptures and the blood and all that. It's 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 very suitable. I think <laughs> it's also the blood and all. I think it's also because it's such a taboo, you know. So mm-hmm. I think it it gets people going like that aspect of it, I, like I the mean, naughty elements. One hundred percent. And for me, like when I did it, there was nobody there. Mm-hmm. So with, okay. with me and the person that I was with, like it wasn't like crowded and. It's kind of like the middle of the day, it was raining, we went inside, and it was very arousing for some reason. In what country did you do this? If you don't uh, mind me the United States. The oh, United wow. States. Crazy. Of America. <laughs> of America. America, fuck I yeah. I mean, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't, I wouldn't risk it. I wouldn't risk doing the church thing in a church town or a church city. Like, uh, I wouldn't do it like in the Vatican. Yeah, I no. I mean, I think much. you might, yeah. might get arrested and stuff, you know? Probably you, will. Do you remember yeah. that priest who shot this? We talked about this priest yeah, last that. year who shot that. a porn <laughs> in a church. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got caught in it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, he was asking for it, I guess. I mean, 100%. Uh-oh. That's what she said. Okay, well, next one. An Instagram model claims a sex doll company created a racy figurine based on her image and promoted the product using her name and real-life pictures. Holy shit. Holy shit, I saw the images. Okay. Does it look like her? Yeah, it looks like her. I mean, I think you could... does she look like a typical, like, I don't know, like... A Kardashian? I don't like. I don't know. There's typical looks she, nowadays. She, that... yeah, she's from Israel. I was like, okay, it looks similar, right? But then um, I read the article, and it was talking about that they had specific beauty marks that they copied from her body. Oh wow! Okay, yes, that's creepy. And they called it her first name. That's creepier. So creepy. Did they match the labias? Did they match the labias? Oh, my God. Well, the funny thing is, this woman has been trying for a couple years to get them to stop selling this doll. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, that is really where we are going wrong as a society. Yeah, we're not consensually using people's bodies and creating sex dolls. I mean, can you imagine somebody creates a sex doll that looks like you and has your name? I mean, I don't think anybody would buy it. (laughs) (laughs) It's so nuts to me. Oh, yeah. And it's so wild that it would be so difficult um, to get somebody to stop doing that with your likelihood. I mean, because it's hard to prove too, right? I think for her, yeah, like how is she? I mean, it's that's a crazy But they were using her photos. Yeah. To sell it too. Like the the images of the doll, her photos, and her first name. 
I mean, it should be a, an open and shut case. Yeah, at, the, at that point, you know what I mean? But um, I saw that one of the brand representatives had said they're going to take, going to change the name and take down her photos. But then you still have the sex doll. I know. <laughs> great. Like Solve the problem. Cheap. Done. <laughs> we no, have 2,000 of those. Company. We can't burn them now. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, they don't care. Yeah. Anyways, creepy. So be careful, you guys out there. Yeah. <laughs> don't have anybody Privacy. make a sex doll. Yeah. Um, because, you know, you can make – I mean, anybody can really make a sex doll look like you, I guess. I don't want to scare anybody. Especially but, with um, an open mouth. Yeah, like that would be – Yeah, but like it's it's possible. <laughs> it co- I mean, it costs like 10K or something, but you can make, you know, your own sex doll. 10K? Wow. Yeah. It's not cheap. Last but not least, some good news, I guess. A Ugandan court has unbanned sex education. Oh, wow. So this is actually um, quite a little bit um, to unpack. Economists brought out the story. In 2016, the religious leaders of Uganda banned all sex education in schools. Uh, Insane, right? Because they're arguing that um, teaching young people about sex could lead to masturbation and to becoming homosexual. Holy shit. Uh, Also, I don't think sex education leads to masturbation, but... All right. Um, I don't think anybody needs a class to tell them that it feels good when you touch yourself down there. <laughs> I mean, you know, as a kid, you're like, oh, shit, this feels good. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Humping a pillow and stuff. I don't know. I mean, girls. I've never humped a pillow, so. Exactly. I'm I just saying this know. is like a girl's thing. <laughs> but you didn't need anybody to tell you that it feels good to touch yourself. No, of course not. I mean, what what kind of world is that? Like when somebody's like, "Hey, you know what? You got a thing down there. You should touch it. It'll feel good." And also, they have long promoted celibacy as the best way to prevent um, STIs. Sure, I can see that for sure with HIV and everything. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, it's wild. Now, at least um, five years later, or now nearly six years later, um, they reinstated sex education. But let's see what that's actually going to be. You know what I mean? If sure. you think sex education is bad in the US or in Europe or something, yeah, this is probably not going to be the greatest one. But at least maybe they'll get some options or some some information about birth control and stuff like that, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you got to think also like their stakes are way higher and mm, how true. things spread and like come to life is, is at a different rate because the availability of hospitals, education, various things. So for them, sex education is a scary thing. I mean, based on but the reality. It's so necessary. That exists, it is. Yeah, of course. But you for know, them. HIV. Yeah, of course. But to them, it's also scary because they know so many people that probably died from it or Mm. they think like, oh, if people know more, maybe they'll be more curious. I mean, I I don't agree that that's a healthy thing to not have sexual education. You should. But I I totally understand why it's also a scary thing for an African country. Well, you know, we really have to up the sex education everywhere. So at least they're getting started, I guess you could say. Especially birth control. Yeah. And and STI. And protection. Yeah. 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 Like during 2020, the rate of STIs accelerated. People got lazy. They didn't want to go buy a condom, but they bought toilet paper instead. You know? Yeah. Not quite sure. Priorities (laughs) are wrong, people. Priorities. Priorities are wrong. Yeah. (laughs) That being said, um, priorities of 2022, um, we're going to talk about sex trends really quickly. Mm. 
yeah. sex trends. Um, we did that last year. And strangely enough, I feel like the trends are very similar. These six trends are based on research by the brand Love Honey and Lilo. Okay. Um, they're sex toy brands. Love Honey is based in Australia and Lilo in the US. Um, so just to give you a little bit of an idea where their customers come from. First trend is outer course. What is the outer course? <laughs> You've heard of intercourse. <laughs> yes. Now it's time to acquaint yourself with the not so distant cousin outer course. So okay. outer course apparently it's a catch-all term for all forms of non-penetrative sex. So foreplay, massages, dry humping, mutual masturbation, oh. that's all called outer course now. Do people come when they practice outer course or is it just more like teasing and foreplay? I mean, I think mutual masturbation sounds like people are coming. Huh? I guess, yeah. I think it's mainly to get people to experiment and to, you know, to try new things um, and to really decenter the orgasm-driven sex, right? In a sure. sense that, or goal-oriented sex, where it's not just about the orgasm, but exploring each other's bodies and everything. But I, I always call that a foreplay. Like, I always practice that. I never just go straight for the sex. I like to touch. I like to, you know... Um, I feel like that's so normal. What do people do? Yeah, like, why is that called outer course? Because isn't, I mean, part of a healthy, long-lasting sexual, you know, encounter with someone is the buildup and you want to build up by kissing by touching by foreplay by teasing by massages absolutely like I, also like, outer course is such an unattractive word could we do I something agree. if we're already at courses you know could this be can like we, a meal yeah can we just say <laughs> like fucking foreplay like why entree we, why we, dessert yeah, it's it's pretty much foreplay. It's just there's different forms of foreplay. There's role playing and foreplay. There's so many That's different true. ways you could do it. If you've had sex before, yeah. you could you could easily fall into a rut where it's always the same thing. So therefore, you don't need to go to penetration right away, right? If somebody no. is really craving it, um, play with them and tease them. Absolutely, that always works out better. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. All right, next trend. E-N-M, ethical mm. non-monogamy and fluid relationships. So this has okay. been a huge trend, um, okay. clearly. I feel like so many people talk about polyamory. If you guys want to know a little bit more about this in depth, I had the ethical slut on the podcast, mm. the author of The Ethical Slut, which is like the first Bible for polyamory that came out in the 90s and has been updated several times ever since. Um yeah, and she's really going into depth in that interview, what that all means. So you guys can go and check that out. But I think in general, it's interesting to me, you know, ethical non-monogamy. Basically, we're just talking about that we are creating open relationships that have some kind of a coda where you have to communicate and be honest, right? Sure. Sharing the idea that you're seeing someone or want to see someone else or sleep with someone else and... And adding the fluidity to it, I guess, means that you're someone who wants to sleep with different people of different genders of or sexual orientation, I guess. Listen, I think we can all, and she said this in an interview too, we were talking about this, we can all take away a couple things from ethical non-monogamy, um, no matter if you're monogamous in your relationship or if you're not. And mm -hmm. one of them is definitely the honesty with your partner regarding your sexuality. 
Sure. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have another partner, right? But it could mean you have another partner. But it could also just mean being honest about your desires and fantasies and needs, you know, all of these things that are so important sure. for our sure. relationships. Well, 100%. But I think, I mean, if you're eth ethically non-monogamous and fluid, doesn't that mean you just like to pretty much or open to sleep with anybody of any orientation or background? I mean, ethical non-monogamy just refers to the transparency and the open communication, I think. Right, yeah. Um, and then fluid relationships would be probably more into the realm of maybe also talking about fluid sexuality. I guess so. Um, that's what I was wondering. Like, I yeah. guess that's like, yeah, you're not like a hetero person or a bi, bi, bi person per se. You're just open to any sort of sexual orientation in an ethical non-monogamous realm. I mean, really, I think the term fluid in this, in this instant kind of talks about the fact that there's no prescribed way of doing it and we're just all sure. figuring out our own relationships in the sense that we find our boundaries with our partners and their boundaries and then we together figure out the kind of relationship that we want. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that's kind of what this is talking about. Listen, that this is a trend. I think it's great as um, an impulse into a direction of communication and being honest. I just don't like the pressure of somebody having to be a certain way, you know, to be. Yes. I think the same same happens sometimes with kink, um, where vanilla sex is kind of like looked down upon, you know, where I'm sure, like, oh, sure. who cares what you're having, right? And what you're naming it. Um, just enjoy yourself and figure out a way to give your partner pleasure and receive it. 100%. And, and again, we shouldn't knock down vanilla sex because, I mean, it's 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 not about how far you can push the boundary. It's what works for you. Yes, you know? exactly. Who cares about what other people are doing and who's dangling from water, getting <laughs> exactly. shoved water up there, what? Like, I mean, I mean, it's fun for some people and... I definitely enjoy certain things and it's great. But for people that just enjoy vanilla sex, good for them. I mean, that's beautiful in itself that you could feel connected and satisfied and pleasure. I think just, just listen to yeah. your needs, yeah. most importantly. And like in order to be able to do that, there's actually a thing that really helps you, which leads us into the next trend. And that's masturbation mm. um well masturbation is really great to figure out um your desires and needs and wants and stuff but yes. um apparently this trend is masturbation for pain relief oh wow um and really we're going into kind of like sexual wellness here and like a self-care routine sure. but orgasms apparently can release chemicals called endorphins right yes which have pain killing properties and yes. there is a clinical study by womanizer um that came out last year and that found that 90 percent of participants would recommend masturbation to combat period pain sure i can yeah. see that I think that's really interesting. So um, I guess it makes complete sense. I mean, I like masturbation for a lot of different reasons, mm -hmm. but pain relief is definitely one of them. A I great guess. incentive. Yeah. yeah a Depends great on what incentive. kind of pain you have, but yeah, it's a great incentive. Yeah, for sure. Because also it's psychologically, as, as we've talked before too, like it has, based on studies, it has immense positive effects. Depends on the physical pain. Like 
I can't imagine myself, for example, having back pain and masturbating and feeling good after I'd be like, yeah, I don't Ugh. think it's really gonna happen like that. I mean, I mainly, <laughs> I mainly masturbate in a sense of wellness. <laughs> I guess sure. I always masturbate because of wellness, but when I do, mm. um, it's mainly because of stress and anxiety sure. and like not being able to sleep or something like that. Like I use it as a stress relief the most, I would say. Same here. Same here. I, I think it's a great way to deal with stress and or take a break from something and uh, get back to something. Yeah. Um, and it's definitely positive in that way. 100%. Absolutely. So and now we're going to get into a wearable sex tech. That is mm. a trend. Love Honey is kind of talking about how sex toys actually since the pandemic um, have seen a huge influx in buyers, you know, okay. um, really popular and technology is therefore expanding and advancing. Oh, yeah. You know, vibrating panties, I think, would be like the most simple way of explaining it. But anything that can be on your body, hands-free, that you could wear out maybe even, and that's controlled over an app. I think I think that's the direction we're heading in with like the meta universe and meta sex universe and mm, yep. porn through virtual reality and AR. And yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of crazy, crazy technological discoveries. Absolutely. And yeah. like connected, connecting our smartphones with sex toys is definitely something that will, I think, also improve still. Because I think so far, I mean, I've used, um, you know, remote control vibrators before and stuff. I think it's fun and novel, but the technology wasn't that great. Um, sure. In the beginning, in a sense that I don't think the toy itself was strong enough to make me come, for example. So I think there's quite um, quite a few advancements that have been made already and still will be made. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that's still a trend, I guess, in that sense of like it expanding into the sex tech world for sure. I guess so. I, I, I could see it like with just technology evolving, same with sex and porn, just like VR yeah. porn or 3D porn. Totally. Yeah, I always yeah. thought that like VR porn is going to have like you're going to wear some suit eventually. And so you can oh, feel yeah. all the touch in your body and stuff like that. I bet you it's coming. I bet you it's coming. I mean, I've been saying this for a while. It still hasn't really been, you know, invented like that. Maybe it's a Maybe it will even be a little bit different. Who knows? Maybe it will be more, more like an air pressure sensation. I'd sure, love. sure. <laughs> or vibration or, yeah, mm, yeah. Or somebody yeah. from another app somewhere else in the world can control your Oh, that's, that for, that's for sure. I mean, that's yeah. already possible with these remote controlled um, toys, really, right? You can yeah. use an app that goes over Wi-Fi and somebody can do it on the other side of the world. WeVibe is a really great brand for it. It's like mm. basically the the leader in the industry regarding yeah. remote control toys. Uh, you can use my code Lara5 for a discount. <laughs> um, <laughs> but in general, yeah, you should check it out um, and tell us about how you like it and stuff. True. I think there's a lot of stuff out there. I, li I like the vibrating remote. When you're with someone and you could put like a little vibrator in their panties or the vibrating panties. I think that's yeah. definitely one of my favorite. And last but not least, clearly not least, male pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is least. I agree. <laughs> yeah, not really. But you know, the funny no. thing is that um, 
men or cis men really have been not really focused on in like the sex toy revolution, I guess. <laughs> um, but remember, we've actually looked at a couple of toys that have been invented lately in the sex tech world for men. Mm -hmm. And one of them is the ArcWave Ion. And it's a pleasure air technology. And it basically looks like um, a flashlight, but um, it is more some kind of a cone that you put over your dick and the air pressure um, stimulates it. Crazy, okay. Pleasure Air Stroker, a patent technology that claims to help create a strong female-like orgasm experience in the male body. Well, okay. damn. So clearly, they're also focusing on male pleasure toys, hoping, I think, that more men will be um, interested in buying toys. And I guess, like you said, with VR and stuff, I think maybe that actually goes into that direction as well. For men, for sure. I think more the virtual reality realm would be more appealing than the toys factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but uh, maybe the toys paired with it. You know, that's kind of yeah, That's going to be, yeah, the, that's going to be the ultimate setup. And now we're going to go to Confessions. Yes. Confessions. Confessions. And confessions are stories and questions from you guys and answers from us. Mm -hmm. um, and today we have quite a few. So let's see how many we can get through. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wrote, and I'm not quite sure what gender they are, but it doesn't matter, how to properly do doggy style for him and her. Huh. Properly. Properly. <laughs> uh, turn her around. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> On all fours. Um, I don't know exactly what the, I guess, what the difficulties could be, but let's play it as through. I mean, I think okay. simply... I think it's a good place to start for her to be on all fours on maybe, let's say, a bed. And you could stand next to the bed sure. just because of height difference. Or yes. you can be on your knees on the bed as the as the male or penis owner. Um, <laughs> and enter... <laughs> yeah. And enter yeah. her from the back, meaning she's facing away from you. Is this like... I mean, That's I guess it depends. Style. I guess, I mean, I like doggy style when also I'm standing. If my partner is on standing on something or they're wearing heels, and uh, that could be a fun doggy style. Sort That's of true. Setup, right? So and basically, all yeah. basically doggy style is just from behind. From behind, yes. And to properly do it. I don't know. I also like it lying on my stomach and my oh, legs being together. That. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's nice because I think you'll That's create so some nice. um, pressure for yes. for a dick too. I don't know. Properly is a difficult word for this one, I think, because I think really properly depends on your partner. And this is where communication comes in. So yes. I think it's a trial and error in a sense that you can slowly enter your partner and have her give you feedback uh, so you kind of know where when you hit the spot. Because there's a really nice way to hit the cheese spot from the back. Um, and that just either requires you listening to your partner and her breathing and um, her moans and whatever, or really straightforwardly communicating. Sure. I think doggy style shouldn't be tricky. I think it's one of the most basic of positions however 
I've experienced challenges with doggy style. Oh, really? If somebody's really sh- much shorter, or um, mm. if I can't, if I could squat to a certain height, I think some good ways to really adjust it is if somebody's on their knees and you have them lay their the front of their upper body flat down and mm-hmm. stick their hip up, or they could be like on all fours and they could bring their hip down. I think there's ways to work around it, uh, but it can be tricky, but it's, it's also one of the most straightforward positions, right? Or am I Yeah. I mean, crazy? I guess now that we were thinking about it, you know, that's also, it could also be in like a spooning position. Yeah. Um, I think what can be tricky now that I think about it in more detail, it's like sometimes for me, depending on the size of the penis, it can hit me in a way that is a little uncomfortable. So I would recommend starting slow with your partner and just, you know, kind of figuring out your sweet spot together. Yeah. But um, for her, because now we've been mainly talking for him. Sure. I think same thing applies. Um, move your body in like small increments to kind of see where he can hit you right. I think that's True. kind of what I do a little bit, you know? That's a good point. Um, to adjust doggy style so you can figure out where your best angle is. And it will always depend on your vaginal canal like the size of it and the shape of it we never really think about this this is actually you know women have different vaginal canals and they're bent in different directions and different lengths and different widths so all these things kind of they go then together with your partner their shape of their penis their length and girth and whatever so it's kind of like a puzzle piece (laughs) i think also pacing is a big part of like Hmm. try start slow i mean you could go faster and start pounding harder or the uh the partner that's receiving can also control the motion and switch off with the other partner who's behind and um but also the 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 pacing i think slowing down and going then faster and then slowing down again also makes it a lot more uh pleasure burn you find your rhythm with your person better that way yes yeah um absolutely this one is a very specific question from a woman mm-hmm. when is the best time frame to test yourself after sex with a new partner yeah i think the right answer is always right away right unless there's clear symptoms or shifts or bumps or whatnot but yeah it is with with hiv for example you need a time frame of two to three weeks for it to be able to be detected so really after you have sex you can get tested right away obviously i think there's different stis that have different incubation times um, but for HIV, you will need to wait two to three weeks yeah, to be able I, to test for an outbreak because this is even what um, porn stars do. They, they or adult performers, they test every two weeks. I mean, if you know what the other partner has, it would be. I mean, if somebody already sure. had something, you know, self quarantine. <laughs> I mean, well, doesn't Meaning she sound like sex. she's suspecting something in particular, maybe, right? Based on her question. I mean, really, you should get tested before you have sex with a new partner. 100%, as, yeah. as shit your partner so exactly. you know but i know not life's not always ideal that way <laughs> yep it's tough sometimes it's tough <laughs> oh, okay um next one do girls exist who can't reach orgasm yeah 
Yes, they do. Um, Unfortunately, they do exist. Yeah, it's called orgasmic. Um, It's not a crazy percentage. Yeah, because also on oral versus intercourse versus clitoral stimulation, anal. That's true. I mean, clearly we can like differentiate between women who need different kind of stimulation in order to come. Sure. 65% of women actually can only reach orgasm through clitoral stimulation. Yeah. And then 5 to 10% of women are anorgasmic. Yeah. So they can't reach orgasm. I do have to say, though, that there is um, different sex therapists and body therapists who've worked with anorgasmic women. Mm. And they have had quite a lot of success helping women who've never orgasmed in their life getting there. So I do think that it's not just, you know, a real physical thing that they can't orgasm but they haven't really figured out their bodies the right way i'm sure there's yeah there's there's barriers that could be broken or shame associated or actual physical ailments that get in the way but i think that i mean just like with men too like um men sometimes struggle from premature ejaculation and Mm -hmm. they cannot experience a full-on orgasm that requires them to build you know, a certain stamina and, and I think, yeah, everybody is different and not everybody also comes the same way, you know? Yeah. Listen, this is really different if this is like a man or a woman writing in or they, if this is about you not reaching orgasm, um, write us again, because I think there's a lot of different ways we can talk about that problem or maybe if it's not a problem for you that's fine too yeah Yeah. um or if it's your partner or if it's just in general a question i mean i think there is so many ways to get to know your body so not not everything is a fact for all of your life actually very little is and same thing with your sex drive right with your libido your desires um your your kinks, the things that you like, they'll all shift um, and change throughout your life. So just be open and receptive to, you know, how you're changing and what you find um, arousing. Exactly. Somebody wrote, why does sex hurt for me? Hurt in what way? Yeah, we don't know. Also, I don't know the gender of the person but um it's very important for you to go to an OBGYN. yeah if we're talking physically sure. you need to figure out what the reasons are right there's quite a lot of different um reasons for sex being painful one's called vaginism and vaginism is like a cramping of um the pelvis yeah. Um, and it makes it so that a penis won't be able to penetrate um, the vagina. And when that happens, you'll have to go to a doctor and then also possibly to a sex therapist if you'd like to in order to kind of see because there's a physical way to work on the issue. And then there's also psychological, right? Yes. Because it could come from trauma, but it could also come just from like a way, you know, how your body you know, was born. So it's a bit difficult to know. Easy things to help you could be CBD, um, especially in lube form. It's helped a lot of women, for example, um, 
to have sex that's less painful. Yeah. Um, my favorite is Foria Wellness um, with Laura 10. You can also get a discount, I think, on your first purchase. If this is mm -hmm. a penis owner. <laughs> I mean, if we're talking physically, yeah, I think uh, lube, being yeah. slow about it, uh, like take your time, communicate when it hurts or stop or adjust. Like, Yeah. So tell them and then you can adjust together, right? If this yeah. is position, even when like we talked about doggy style, position, lubrication, um, cramps, you know, all these things can be addressed, but you have to be open and communicative about them. And if that means you have to go and talk to a doctor, that's also totally fine and recommended. Yes. It's all about adapting because if it's yes. physical, I'm sure there's a way around it unless there's something more medical and it needs attention. You know, you could also be hurting because you have an STI. Yeah. You know, I mean, these things are possible too. So definitely get checked also on, you know, sexual transmitted infections. And listen, syphilis or something like that, or <laughs> gonorrhea, only takes, you know, a couple of weeks of antibiotics. So it's not like a big deal, but you'd need to figure it out. Um, before it gets worse. Yeah, get to the bottom of it. Meanwhile, keep on sending us questions. We're Please, here for yeah. you. Yeah. Loving the confession. And um, it was so good to be back at church with you, Aquaman. Thank you, dear. Thank you for having me as always. How can people find you if they want to stalk you <laughs> and your sexy voice? <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram, AquamanXOX. Yes. Send and us your you, questions. Yeah. You take questions too, mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> questions of all kinds of experiences. PhD. LSD. PhD. LSD. Oh my <laughs> so funny. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for um listening and please write in and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for having me. Always. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening to the Pussy Church Podcast. And check out Aquaman at AquamanXOX on Instagram. If you like today's show, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It helps us keep the show going. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that will be amazing too. See you next Sunday. I got it.